Welcome to the AR-15 Podcast. AR-15 Podcast. This is the podcast about your favorite black rifle. This show is for you if you're building your first AR or you've been building ARs for years. There is something we can all do to take our black rifle to the next level. Well, welcome to another episode of the AR-15 Podcast. And tonight we are up to episode 190. Fast approaching four years of podcasting for the uh, AR-15 but, you know, it's uh, it's been a long slog. However, tonight we are very excited to uh, let you guys uh, listen to us talk to uh, John Patton and Adam Kraut from The Gun Collective and The Legal Brief. Uh, Adam, John, how are you guys doing tonight? Dude, it's, uh, it's a good night. It's a beautiful day here in Pennsylvania. The cool weather has finally come in. And, uh, yeah, you know, after a weekend of shooting some machine guns with uh, Adam... It was, uh, it's just good times, you know, just a good day, man. You know, my, uh, my dad's family, they're all from Pennsylvania, north of Pittsburgh, Kikani. So, uh, I may not look like it because I'm, you know, a seasoned Texan by now, but I have <laughs> deep roots in, in Pennsylvania. So you, your family is the, the Yinzer type. They, they say things like Yins instead of oh, yeah. wall. Mm. Yins. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yins. <laughs> That that's a special part of Pennsylvania. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yep, yep. They like to go and talk to the Amish about uh, cancer remedies. Oh, but I I'm not sure that's the first place I'd go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was my thought. I once shook an Amishman's hand and uh, it felt like I was shaking a brick. Uh-huh. It was the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> well, so Adam, uh, John. Yes, why don't you guys just hold on a sec? We'll get rolling here, and uh, then we'll uh, get a chance to delve into all things the Gun Collective. All right, JD, why don't you take it from here? Um, please check out firearmsradio.tv. Click on Pledge and uh, the AR-15 podcast link there to support the show. We've got battle boxes up, uh, ways that you can invest in the future of the AR-15 podcast. Also, show sponsors spots for those uh, businesses or manufacturers that are looking to get involved in exposure to over 10,000 listeners each week. So you can check that out, firearmsradio.tv. Click on Pledge and the AR-15 podcast. I uh, also want to say thanks to JWB Military and Brass for sponsoring tonight's main topic. Uh, go to jwbmilitary.com. Use the promo code ARP10 for 10% off quality once-fired fi- military reloading brass, AR500 steel targets, and more. Check them out, jwbmilitary.com. It's the most wonderful time of year, and RTT Firearms wants to make that true. They are giving away one of their rifles to a lucky AR-15 podcast listener. Just amazing. We have gone from seracoding the 9mm giveaway to doing lower specials for listeners to doing that flag builder set, now giving away a complete rifle for Christmas. You can sign up at firearmsradio.tv, click on the AR-15 podcast link, and the link will be right there to sign up. You can also visit them and check out the stuff they've got in their store, rttfirearms.com. That's rttfirearms.com. And make sure you tell them thanks for supporting the AR-15 podcast. All right. Well, so I think the thing that is probably uh, crossing the minds of all of our listeners is, how do you get a cool job like you guys have? <laughs> so um, I think uh, I think probably without fail, any of our listeners who are on the internet have seen the Gun Collective. I hope and, so. That would be nice. If not. <laughs> 
And Adam, how long have you been putting together um, your legal brief uh, episodes? We are coming up on, this is what, episode 17 this week? So 17 weeks? Well, I have to tell you, it's not very many places where you can listen to someone kind of get down to brass tacks and explain some of the complex legal matters that uh, have to do with the uh, uh, National Firearms Act or the Gun Control Act and a bunch of the stuff that you delve into. So I'm kind of a weird geeky fan, so you'll have to forgive me there, Adam. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate it. The uh, the feedback we've gotten on the show has been um, unprecedented to some degree. It was a uh, it's been cool, and the the coolest part about it's been people saying that they've taken the information from the show, and they've either they either learned something themselves that they didn't know, or they've gone to somebody who was repeating bad information and shown them uh, the correct information. Um, and that's that was the whole premise of the show, really was was the combat bad information and. I guess not to toot my own horn because I hate doing it, but put somebody who's qualified to speak about it up there to actually <laughs> talk about it. Um, you know, you'd see YouTubers trying to explain the law, and that's all well and good, except you don't have a law degree. So, uh, <laughs> we know Adam, saw, Adam is a hundred percent tooting his own horn. He yeah, loves there, there's let him very little, <laughs> very little grimacing there, Adam. <laughs> yeah, it's I, I I don't know. It's it's been really rewarding in the sense that people have um the feedback's been overwhelmingly super positive um and and people have constantly stated that they it's quickly becoming one of their favorite things to watch each week, which I never in a million years would have would have anticipated and um I don't know if we're going to talk about it now or later, but we can talk about, you know, how how it even came to be. It's a uh, it's just it's it's been an interesting ride. <laughs> well, the uh the, I guess the 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 million dollar question is is how did this all coalesce uh, and really come together to to create the the gun collective? Because I, I kind of remember the the first time I'm scrolling through Facebook and there's John, you know, gesticulating in the background, hey hey, you know, and turn your volume up, shouting at you. <laughs> what is what is this? So um, why don't, why don't we start there? And and okay, John, sure. tell me. How does this all begin for you? So, uh, started on a cold, rainy night. No, um, it was <laughs> about, this one. yeah, yeah. I, I would say, um, my journey into content creation started in like 2009, 2010. Um, that's where I started my old channel, uh, Chaos 311 Clarity, which is still there. Um, it's just kind of dead. There's, you know, I still get comments on the videos and whatnot, but that was, um, kind of a journey to, that led me to where, the Gun Collective started in June of 2015. Uh, I did a lot of reviews, um, started building relationships with other content creators and, um, you know, firearms manufacturers and things like that. Um, and, you know, towards the end of 2014, I was getting to a point where I absolutely was just sick of it. I was tired of being beholden to companies and things of that nature. And I, I was just tired of being on the hook for stuff that I wasn't really interested in actually talking about. You know, if, uh, if somebody sent a product and they're like, Hey, do you want to do a review on this? You know, there was, there was obligation there. And I was, I was tired of it because it's very, very difficult to make a living and be happy 
with doing reviews. There are some guys that have found success in that, but I couldn't at the time. I just couldn't get any traction because there's so, I mean, there's just so many guys doing reviews and there's a lot of guys doing really good reviews that just never get seen because they're not one of, you know, the either sensationalist types or whatever. But anyway, um, you know, I was basically finishing that up and, uh, in February of 2015, um, I had brought on a couple guys into my company, Patent Media and Consulting, and we were doing um, commercials and stuff. I, I've done work with some local companies, just kind of um, in the industry, but not public content creation for me. And the idea was tossed around. I, don't, I honestly don't remember where it actually came from, but I was like, you know, I, I'd really like to do something that um, showcases the quality of what's possible, but also um, kind of is more me. Because in the old videos, I had kind of lost my way and lost my own voice. And as you probably know now, that's me. What you see on the Gun Collective and TGC News, that's me. Um, you know, the, the loud opinions, all that, that's 100% me. Um, so it, it was originally thought of February 2015, um, there was actually between February and June, there were eight to ten test episodes filmed. Uh, I did it unlike anybody else has ever done gun content that I'm aware of, at least on the in the YouTuber type scene. I I wrote it all down like the whiteboard that's behind me in my office. It, the Gun Collective was born on that. It was strategized. It was okay. Let's let's what's going to work? What do we want to have every week? Yada yada yada. Um, and you know, then it launched. Uh, you know, and, and it launched in a different way than any anybody had really ever done. So it, it was completely different. Nobody had ever done something like TGC News. And I came out at high quality and with speed. And I was able to create it every week and just keep good content coming. And, you know, because of that and because of the relationships and because I was, you know, financially okay from the get-go, um, thanks to, you know, a lot of the companies that supported me, like RE Factor Tactical and Kinetic Dev Group and, um, you know, some of the early adopters, I was able to just hit the ground running and, um, you know, just create something that, again, nobody had ever done. Nobody had ever taken a swing at the Giants and, and actually landed a hit. You know what I mean? Like one of my early episodes, one one that really stands out to me is, you know, I'm I'm standing there making fun of FN. And nobody's mad at me for it. You know, I, I talked to uh, <laughs> I talked to a guy the other day, and I, I won't say who. It was an industry guy, and he's like, somehow you found a way to be a um, how do I? It's a bad word without being a jerk. You know, he's he said you found a way to say things that are it's honest, it's it's you're not lying, and you know it seems a little bit mean, but it's the truth. And you know that's that's been the most rewarding thing out of all of this is being able to just break down the walls and go, listen, listen, no, 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 no. Whatever crap you're spewing is garbage. Here's the truth. And, you know, I, I think that through all of that, through the honesty, through the high quality of production, the different way of approaching things, it's grown. Um, so continuing on that June, from June to October of 2015, I had a team. In October, I let the two guys that I started with, I let them both go from October to October of this year, it was 110% me. I was doing everything. And Adam, when did we start the gun collect, uh, the, uh, the legal brief? When was that? Like 
I don't know, We're, 17 weeks ago, yeah, <laughs> whatever I, that was. I think I, I think I just finished writing episode 18 earlier today. Okay, so you know, along this path of of hustling and traveling, like I, I've traveled so much through, you know, either either consulting work on the side or um, you know, meeting with other content creators, doing stuff like going to Daniel Defense. I mean, literally. Somebody as small as me was invited to go to Daniel Defense and do a factory tour and show things, and this is coming, show things that have never been seen. Like, I am going to show, and you guys, this, this is the first time I've ever said this publicly on the AR-15 podcast, count it, uh, I'm going to show how they build ARs at Daniel Defense. Now, that's just never, they literally, he's like, yeah, we've never shown that to anybody. That's really, really cool that I've been able to do that, that people trust me enough to do that so early in the lifespan of what TGC is. And then, you know, bringing in Adam has been a blessing. You know, I've known Adam for probably about 10 years now. And, you know, over that time, we've, you know, each taken our own path and we used to work together. And, you know, we had done some video work at the place we used to work. and, And it's just kind of been a back and forth thing and we've always had similar passions, different lives, but similar passions. And, um, you know, he, he has a very, very strong voice and I've always encouraged him to push that. And one night on Facebook, he's, he's doing some like rant about, um, a website. I'm not sure if he wants to mention it or not, but there was a website that's just spreading misinformation. And, you know, this is after, a few times I had been like, dude, let's bring you on. Like, I want to bring you on as an expert and like make a thing out of it. So literally he, he made a Facebook rant two weeks later, the first episode of the legal brief aired. It was literally like, it's super fast. Instead of months of planning and creation, we had to go because we wanted to get the first episode out for ATF 41 F. Yeah. So in all of that, um, you know, Adam, had to kind of learn all of the tricks that I had learned over the past year. You know, I'm, I'm standing there. What's, what's fun for me is I get to coach Adam and kind of help him bring out who he really is on camera because that's a big challenge for a lot of guys. You point a camera at them and they freeze or they say things and use intonation that's just not who they are. And Adam remembers that. I can, I know he does. You know, standing there, like we did an experiment one time where, um, he had written an episode and and he read it and then I read it, you know, from the same prompter. And yes, I use a prompter and a green screen and all this fancy stuff. So we both read it and I said, I said, look at this. This is what you're saying and this is what I'm saying. And and you know, he kind of he, it was a li- he was a little bit taken back and it was really interesting for me because you know I've been doing it for so long. It's like okay, I know wh- I know how to get to where I'm trying to go. It just might be uh, all up in my head, but for him. You know, we had to kind of coach him, and I had to. It was a learning experience for me on how to coach somebody into creating and and allowing themselves more freedom into being who they are. And I think that over the the past 17 weeks or so, every single episode, Adam has improved. We've gotten really, really good information out. You know, I I I'll give you an example, a really interesting story. I uh, picked up the phone one day and I called a gun shop in New Hampshire looking for an SBR. It was like a Colt SBR they had for like 500 bucks. I was like, oh my God, I want that. It's 500 bucks, right? Who doesn't want an SBR for 500? So the guy answers the phone and I, I said, he says, how, how did you hear about this? I, I mentioned a, a mutual friend and he goes, wait a second. I recognize your voice. 
are you the gun collective? And then I said, I said, yes, I am. And he goes, oh, my God. He starts freaking out. And he says, listen, the legal brief is amazing. I've been using that to educate my customers. That's when I knew I had something with the legal brief. Adam has been incredible with writing that and bringing great information. Uh, TGC News has gotten the attention of the firearms industry as a whole. I don't know how. I don't know what happened. I don't know which little pieces of this recipe came together to, to really – bring that to what we're doing, but it's happened and it's been incredible. Adam, do you want to jump in on that? I know I'm kind of going off on a tangent. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, the, the whole uh, backstory of TGC is you, not me. But um, yeah, so the, the legal brief was the result of a, a rant on Facebook about a popular website that we'll just leave it as uh, it has the truth in its title um, <laughs> and it usually spreads everything but the truth. Um, so I, <laughs> uh, that 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 was kind of the the starting point. I went on some some wild rant, and um, as Josh or Josh, wow, John had said, I'm thinking of which boss I'm working with today. <laughs> as, and there's like three. Um, as John had said, you know, we we had kind of discussed it in the past previously, but this was really the catalyst for it. And and it was literally two weeks later we were in we were in the studio filming it. Um, and it's it's just been hitting the ground running. And I can remember one of the things, I don't know if it was the first or second episode, but he had sent me, he had had a conversation with um, someone he knew who was a, a manufacturer. He said, you know, the the way that the content's being delivered, it sounds kind of like you, are you writing it? And to which John's response was, no, Adam Adam's the one writing that stuff. Um, and it, I've, I've written every single episode and that's just, it's my personality, uh, much like John puts his personality into TGC. That's uh, the guy you see on camera to some degree is, uh, me just maybe a little more toned down, but, um, yeah, it, a lot it, less cursing on my, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, yeah. Um, so it's, it's been fun to do it, to do that. And like I said earlier, just the educating people and seeing them, uh, take something away from it has really been the rewarding part for me. Um, and I've had people, it's, it's funny that people come up to me and go, you're, you're that guy, aren't you? And I, I work in a, a gun shop still too, part time. Um, so I, I get it there too. There's the shop customers who know me and they see me online. They go, Oh, that's cool. That's a cool thing you're doing. And there's other people who walk in for the first time and they're like, you do YouTube videos, right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah I do. <laughs> Um, you, you know, I knew we, we had something with the legal brief when I had somebody, I don't remember if it was on Facebook or YouTube or full 30 or any of these places that we publish videos. Um, somebody said, you know, I love TGC news, but the legal brief is my new favorite. That's when I knew we had something when people are starting to tell me that they, they're coming to TGC to watch Adam, not me. I, I mean, sure. That's like, oh, man, I wish you were coming to watch me, you know, oh, no. But the the thing is, if you're watching any of the content that we're putting out, for whatever reason, maybe you don't like me, maybe you love Adam, I don't care. As long as you're enjoying some kind of content and you're getting something out of it, that's what matters to me. You know, it's not about this self-fulfilling BS. It's about me trying to spread information and make a living while doing so. Well, let me touch on that a little bit, John. So... Adam comes with this message of, okay, look, it's a complex subject. Let's kind of delve into it and unpack it for you so you understand it. And you come in with these very concise perspectives on the industry, on the things that people in the industry are doing. Is that kind of the root of why you're here? 
is is there uh, a big picture capital mission or is it um is it something more mundane like uh, you know when i decided i was going to grow up this is what i thought i'd be <laughs> you know um unpack that for me tell me what that's all about john so you know i've i've been a performer my entire life that's always been my personality i've been a musician for uh what is it, 20 years now or so? I've been a drummer for about 20 years off and on. Um, I've got three drum sets down. Like one, what you can't see is right next to the camera, there is a $7,000 drum set folded up that I haven't played in a couple years. Um, sitting there. Um, but, you know, between the drumming and I've been singing for years and all that sort of stuff, doing drama and, you know, always being that person, like I, I've always had a personality where I'm, I'm just dominating a conversation. I don't, I don't always intend to do it, but that's just who I am. Like it, it, at, when I first met Adam, it was through our local car scene. I used to be one of those guys that would like stand around and there would be like a circle and we'd all just kind of bust each other's stones. And I, I thrive on being, uh, I enjoy being a leader. I enjoy going, listen, this is the direction we're going because none of you are going there as fast as I want to go. So get out of my way. We're doing it. Um, I, I really like doing that. And, you know, through our type thing, um, you know, the videos have kind of become second nature. Like I, I am at home in front of a camera. I can just turn it on. And that's, again, it's not me bragging. It's this is what has come over years of practice of being in front of a camera. I know what's going to happen. Um, and through that, you know, I, I saw an opportunity with what the gun collective is and what it's going to be, because I do have a long-term plan. Uh, I don't always talk about it. Basically there's going to be a lot more content right now. There's two main shows and sporadic content throughout. Um, there are five more days a week. I will say that there are five more days in a week for content. And, you know, I, <laughs> I once had a guy on full 30, he's like, oh, you're going to get burnout. Nobody's going to watch seven days a week worth of content. And I did a test where I put out a whole bunch of friendly fire segments for about a month. Every day, there was at least one piece of content every single day, some days too. And every single day people came back and they watched and I went, watch this. This is what's going to happen. TGC is going to grow and evolve. Uh, there's going to be more shows. Um, there's going to be more hosts. There's going to be a bigger team. I'll give you an example. Um, I was a, an editor. Um, he's full-time now. He's working, you know, he's doing the legal brief. He's doing a bunch of other projects that are coming up. Um, and kind of what I'm trying to do is build the infrastructure of what TGC really is and patent media really is. I want to build that so that we can then take on these bigger projects and do things that, it just, again, never have been attempted, never have been done properly. Um, you know, I, I see a big lack of quality in um, gun media. I think there's a lot of guys that just half-ass it on a big, in a big way. And, and, you know, that's no slight against them. Some guys just don't either don't want to, don't have the ability to go crazy, don't have the funding, whatever it may be. Um, there are some guys out there that just do a piss poor job of creating high quality content. And I want to be the version of gun content that you come to and go, wow, that's beautiful. That's what I, 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 I try to do that whenever I can, whether it's B roll, whether it's just the, the quality at which it's produced, whatever, whatever, you know, 
that's where I want it to be. I want it to be top tier on every level. Well, let me ask this. So do you see yourself as industry journalists or is this kind of edutainment? <laughs> I am the bridge between the industry and the consumer. That's, that's where I like to live. Um, I am, I am still a consumer as deep as I am in the firearms industry. Uh, I, I like to be able to understand the perspective of the consumer and, and kind of be that liaison is a, a crappy word for it, but I like being the in-between uh, and going, well, listen, this is what you should expect from a company, and this is what you should expect from a customer. Um, because, you know, a lot of guys, when content creators get deep into the industry, sometimes they get to a point where they are just so wrapped up in what the industry is doing that they forget about what the consumer actually cares about. And that's what that's who the audience is. <laughs> like every week, the people that watch the videos are the people that are paying for gun parts and taking training and buying ammo and going to gun shops and punching Adam in the face when I tell him to. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's the thing. Like there's there's a, there's a big hole, and I don't think anybody saw it. And I was just like, oh hey, <laughs> let's do that, you know. So hey, John, I go ahead. Adam. Sorry to sorry to interrupt, but did you have um, any experience or do you see some of the industry people, some of the companies, do you see those that are eager to jump on new media? And also do you see those that um, aren't catching the vibe yet? <laughs> that, that's such a loaded question. <laughs> absolutely. I asked yes, both ways. Yes, absolutely. There are Want me to tell you where that comes from? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. There, there are absolutely companies that want to get involved with what we're doing. I mean, Daniel Defense has sponsored TGC. You know what I mean? Like that's 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 a big deal. You know, one of the giants supports what we're doing. However, there are also companies that have no effing clue who we are, right? You know, like that they don't care. I once talked to a uh, a company that does media for a large manufacturer. I'm not going to drop any names because that's ridiculous. Um, that person I spoke to, and that person said. Oh, we spend a lot of money on print, and we don't really uh, we don't really get much out of it. We can't really track it, but we you know we've been doing it for a while, so we keep doing it. I said that's a really interesting approach. And then that same person that we spend an even bigger amount on television, and uh, I said, well, how do you how do you track what you're getting out of uh, the television advertising and things like that? And the person said, we don't really care. And that's when I knew, literally, <laughs> we don't care. I, I, I mean, my jaw nearly came off of my head. And, and for those of you listening that kind of don't really understand what I'm getting at, um, advertisers don't come to you if you have no, no value to give them. You know, it's all about delivering as much value as you possibly can for the amount that they may or may not spend. Um, you know, that's a big deal for me, delivering as much value as I can um, where I can. So hearing a manufacturer's representative say something like, we don't care, and then not want to do anything for me was just like, <laughs> you know, my head exploded. <laughs> and, and, you know, I fully anticipate that. TGC is um, pushing and changing boundaries and, and, and driving in a direction um, faster than most people have done in the past. There are some channels that have done a very good job opening doors to this point, and I have no problem driving a bullet train through them. 
So when it comes down to it, um, I think the the one universal experience that JD and I have had is walking the floor of like shot uh, shot show and and having people look at us cross-eyed because they don't understand, you know, words like podcast or internet <laughs> or well i think that's know. changing reed you, you know i i think the landscape has changed drastically my first shot show i think four years four or five years ago whenever it was um you know i i had youtube on my on my badge and people were like, oh yeah whatever you know they didn't care now they're like oh yeah um that guy can really affect my business so i should care <laughs> like that's the 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 landscape has changed. People are not watching TV. People are not reading magazines. They yeah. need to pay attention, and they are, you know. And and not every company will do it quickly. Not every company will do it successfully. But the ones that are able to latch on to the outlets that do well um, and um, deliver that value that I spoke of, uh, I mean, that's those are the companies that are going to continue to succeed on mass scale and grow. Now, do you think that's generational? I mean, is it, you know, kind of the old school, you know, uh, anybody over 60 or 70, you know, sitting there at the head of their company or running their, you know, media, public relations, advertising component, not being able to step outside of that print media, television media box that they've been in forever? I, I, or, I don't know that it's... Is that not the case? I, I don't know that it's, like, specifically generational, uh, I think a lot of the older guys, the reason things are they're very stuck in their ways is because you know the firearms industry is very small. So what ends up happening is you end up forming friendships and relationships with people, and you don't want to put them out of business. Like you know, knowing that your dollars as an advertiser for a print outlet could literally, if you pull that, you could literally sink your buddy's job. You know, that's very difficult for a lot of people to swallow. And, and I think that has a lot to do with why dollars have been continued uh, to be tossed at print magazines. And they're not completely dead. There's still some value. I think what is changing is the value balance. The, the, the cost versus benefit ratio has been drastically shifted and the prices have not reflected that. And that's, I think that's what's changing, you know, watching all of that change. And yeah, there is some nepotism. Yeah. There is some dudes that refuse to uh, bend and, and get involved with new media. But I mean, that's, that's kind of the old, it's going to be that way. And when the next thing comes along, when, you know, we're old and, and crusty and all that sort of stuff, when that new thing comes along, you know, it's going to happen again. I'm, I, I'm confident that it's going to happen. You know, it's just a matter of who's able to adapt. Well, let me let me shift gears here. Um, so, Adam, how do you come to a love of firearms from where you started? And, and John, I want you to tell us the same thing when he's done. Um, so I grew up in a house that did not have guns. Um, I didn't have guns as a kid. Uh, I can think of on the top of my head one friend who had guns in his house, uh, and they all they did was hunt. Um, was that John? It, no, it wasn't John. I didn't know John back then. Um, and it wasn't until I went to scout camp. I was 12 years old. It was Camp Horseshoe in Rising Sun, Maryland. And that was the first time I shot a, a real gun. I shot a, it was a bolt action um, Marlin 22. And I've had a stupid grin that's never left my face since. Um, 
so it, it was down at scout camp and then from there uh they had uh, an they had open shoots in the evening, so I would go buy tickets and do that. Uh, I can still remember the first time I shot a shotgun. I was terrified of the thing and I got up to it. You know, I was given the gun. This is what's going to happen. I said, pull. And as soon as I said, pull, I pulled the trigger. And the, I, can, I can very clearly remember the, the guy's name was Bill Hess. He said, you got to aim before you pull the trigger. <laughs> but after after that first shot, I, I realized that it wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. And then we started breaking clays. And um, from there, just kind of spiraled out of control. I turned 18, bought a shotgun, brought it home. I was told to get rid of it. And you can guess how that kind of went. It's still sitting in my safe over here. Um, turned 21. I bought a handgun. I got my license to carry firearms. And uh, my parents were convinced that I was going to end up in a bad place because I decided that carrying a gun was something that for my own personal safety, was something that I decided was a necessity. My Dad had not shot a gun until, at this point, it's probably about five, six years ago. Uh, but he went his entire life without shooting a gun. My mom had shot them here and there, but was by no means a, a gun rights advocate or even somebody who liked guns. Um, and now there's been a very big shift in how my parents view guns. And I think a lot of it goes back to education. My dad never had an experience with firearms and only heard stories about how they were bad and things of that nature. Um, and one day he asked me to take him shooting and that same stupid look that was on my face when I was 12 years old, I looked over and I saw that same look looking right back at me. Um, so that's kind of how it happened. And then from there it just became a, a hobby like anything else. And, you know, I spent a lot of time, uh, <laughs> spent a lot of time on AR15.com and some other forms doing a lot of reading and looking for, for parts and, and things like that. And it's just, I mean, it's kind of spiraled out of control. You got into reloading. Uh, one gun wasn't enough. Then I had to have, you know, well, I, I, this is kind of like that, but it's slightly different. So I need this too. And um, I've made a lot of friends um, by owning guns too. I've taught a lot of people that they aren't bad. And it's it's something that uh, with the, the constitutional aspect aside for a moment, just guns are fun. Anybody who says they're not is a liar. Um, regardless of your political beliefs, they're, they're fun. Um, and then, you know, the, the whole idea of the, the second amendment, it being a constitutional right and, and that stuff as I got older became more important to me. And in college, I took a couple of constitutional law classes where I, I had, it, it became more of an interest, um, laws and things like that. And, uh, I never really thought that I would, uh, necessarily be a lawyer it wasn't something that was on the top of my list of things to do with my life and uh, yet here we are <laughs> so when you went to law school mm -hmm. you got out um was firearms uh, any aspect of the laws that relates to firearms a part of what you had thought you were going to be involved with or was mm -hmm. that just kind of a you know accidental uh, so let me awesome. let me back this up by saying my my dad and his brother my uncle uh were both lawyers my my uncle passed away but my dad um he he practiced for he still practices a little bit but close to 30 years um they were out of the first class at the, what was the delaware law school at that point um and set up a practice and they they had a practice together my dad is now a um, magisterial district uh judge mm -hmm. and 
law school was, I got done college. I took a year off. I was working in a restaurant at the time and I was debating between either the military or going to law school. And I really didn't know what I was going to do with my life. I didn't have any great ambition to become a lawyer. Um, and after giving it some thought, I decided as far as paths for me, law school is probably the better route to go. So I went to law school and about a year or so in, I hated law school. I hated law school from the start. Um, <laughs> it's true. It, you really did. But about a year or so in, I started thinking, am I doing the right thing? And then I looked at how much debt I had accrued and figured, well, I, at this point, I kind of have to finish it because I can't just stop here with nothing. So I kept going. And it wasn't until my last year of law school, I was a night student, so it was a four-year program for me. I worked during the days. Uh, it wasn't until the last year that um, from hanging out on forums, I'd read about uh, a man named Joshua Prince, who was an attorney here in Pennsylvania who uh, was a very strong firearms advocate, and that's what he did. So I sent an email um, explaining, you know, this is who I am. This is what I'm, I'm currently doing with my life. You know, do you need an intern? And uh, we exchanged some emails back and forth, and I uh, initially got a response that, you know, thanks for your interest, but we're, uh, we're not in the, the position to have a paid internship. And to which my reply was, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm not looking to get paid. My question is, do you need an intern? <laughs> um, so it worked out. I was, I went up there, I met Josh, his father and, uh, one or two of the other attorneys at the firm. And they said, yep, you know, if you want to, you want to come up here, you're free to come and go as you please. Um, so I started an internship there, uh, once or twice a week. It might've been once a week. And, um, I had been with them for about a year by the time I ended up graduating and it was around that time I said, hey, you know, is there uh, any chance that there might be a place for me here when, uh, you know, after the bar exam, which I hopefully pass on the first try. And um, it, as you can tell, it, it worked out very well. So um, I ended up getting a job there and I've been there ever since. So total, it's probably been about three years I've been with the firm in some capacity. Uh, and I've worked very closely with Josh on uh, firearms related matters from from the start when I had first started as an intern. And I that just continued down that road. So it was, it was some dumb luck. Um, and I guess somebody saw some potential in me somewhere to give me the opportunity, which I'm forever grateful for because my biggest fear uh, other than hating law school was that I would hate practicing law and be absolutely miserable with what I did. And that was the last thing I wanted out of life. Um, so this has been in that regard, it's been pretty rewarding and it's been some sheer dumb luck. <laughs> All right. So, John, can you walk us through your journey into the firearm side of things? Uh, sure. It was 2008, 2009. I don't know. Some sometime like that. Um, uh, I had a, a couple buddies that I had met through online forums. Uh, there was a local guy who was a uh, he's a former Marine, and uh, he said, "Let's go shoot some machine guns." I said, "Cool," because I was playing. Call of Duty at the time, and that was a thing. So I was like, "Ooh, cool! I'm gonna shoot the guns that I shot in the video games." And like, I had always we grew up there was 22s and shotguns in the house. My dad hunted, but he had kind of stopped doing that before I got of age. So you know, I, I kind of tapered off of that um, as I got older. And then you know, in my 20s, I got kind of hooked again. And there was a local guy named Mike who took me to shoot machine guns. And then uh, another guy named Mike um, out in the Chicago area of all places um, who really like got me into it. Hardcore. Um, 
I bought my first uh, my first handgun was a Smith and Wesson 686 plus six inch barrel seven shot 357 Magnum. I'm weird like that. I didn't buy a semi-auto. I didn't buy a defensive gun. I bought something that was fun to shoot. Um, and then it just kind of exploded from there. I bought you know a bunch of sh- stupid guns. Um, I bought a Desert Eagle. It was like my fourth gun. I don't know. It was like I bought uh, the six, the Smith and Wesson, then like an, another handgun, then uh, I think a shotgun, and then I bought a Desert Eagle. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm ridiculous like that. The first AR ever assembled was a 50 Beowulf. Um, I, I don't do things the normal way ever. Like I just I have the inability to be a normal person with like oh you can do something stupid with that yes please let me do that let me just be overkill all the time um, but it's you know it's been a fun journey um, you know I I'm the type of person that when I get into something I I go full bore I'm passionate and through um, people like Adam you know Adam has taught me a lot over the years. Um, about AR-15 specifically and, you know, through interactions with lots and lots of other people through um, making videos and meeting all kinds of industry people and just learning every single day. There's something new that I can pick up on and, you know, try and understand why things are the way they are and then turn that around and kind of, um, you know, absorb it and then regurgitate it through, you know, uh, a means that is, a little bit easier to understand. Uh, but that's kind of, that's kind of my journey. It's, it's nothing super cool or anything like that. I just, I like guns that are fun to shoot and, uh, I have a very, very eclectic, uh, collection. Oh, the one thing I will add is I am a big shotgun advocate. Uh, I think it was 2012, maybe it was 2011. I'm not sure, but there was a year that I put about 10,000 rounds of 12 gauge downrange in one year. Um, for those of you that are listening that don't shoot a lot of shotguns, that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I shot a lot of 12 gauge. I broke a lot of clay birds. Uh, I learned a lot about moving targets, um, started getting into hunting. And um, just this past April, uh, I was invited down to Texas by Armasite, uh, the thermal manufacturer. And we went down there with Falcor Defense Um and Silencer Co. was there, and there was some other cool stuff. Uh, I've got a video coming out on that soon. And, you know, my first ever hunting trip, I, I shot a nil guy, which is a giant Asian antelope, at 3 a.m. in pitch black through a thermal optic um, with a rifle-scope-suppressor combo that was worth, like, $17,000. That's what I shot my first centerfire kill with, and... That's the kind of that's just like that's my life. That's normal. <laughs> that's just, and ask Adam. Like I, that's that's a hundred percent true. He's known me long enough and seen me buy things. He, he just goes, "What the hell did you buy that for?" Like, no, not even that, not anymore. I know better. I know exactly <laughs> why you bought it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, well, how did I, you guys end up meeting, so much and, and developing your friendship? Uh, so I. <laughs> I actually made fun of Adam uh, initially. I thought Adam was a jerk. Uh, Probably had, not wrong, to be fair. He had, he had green wheels on his Subaru, and I was Did. very against such things. Uh, I was also an STI owner, um, and we kind of met through a, a local friend. And you know, it wasn't we didn't really become friends until it was like on Facebook. Sometimes it was like, oh wait, you like guns too? Oh, I like guns. Oh, and then we just started shooting, and then. Um, I ended up 
leaving my job at um, a different gun shop, a gun shop in Lancaster County out in Amish country. I ended up leaving that place and coming to work with Adam side by side for, I w- it was close to a year. I don't remember exactly how long it was, but um, Adam and I literally side by side every day. And uh, that's, that's, I think that's really when Adam and I started to become really good friends. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, and, and, and while we worked together, I mean, we, you know, we we saw each other day, so we got to we got to poke fun at each other, and um, you know, just kind of <laughs> share, share that common common complaint about things. But we also one of the things we got to do was we we did create um, an AR-15 build class where we we taught people to build AR-15s, and and part of the the idea behind it, much like I think we continue to to do with things we do with TGC, was not just show somebody how to do something but explain the function behind it as well. So the the idea behind the class was we would teach you to build a rifle, but we'd also explain what the parts did, how they interacted with everything else. So you had an idea of what you were actually building and, and how it worked versus just this goes here, that goes there, boom, you have a rifle, have a nice day. And that's I think that was the first time that I probably had any kind of, I guess, training, for lack of a better word, from John as to presentation skills and stuff. Because at that point, he had been doing YouTube videos for, for some time. Um, and I was comfortable getting up in front of a room and talking to people. I'd taken public speaking classes back in high school and I actually, I still to this day enjoy getting up in front of a crowd and talking. It doesn't, it doesn't phase me at all. But as far as being able to pick words that are descriptive of an item and explain it in simpler terms rather than using complex language or its proper name was something I hadn't quite mastered in not to say that I've mastered it now. I've, I think I've gotten a lot better at it, but that was something that John really helped me with as to, whoa, 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 hold on a second. How about we try it like this? And Well, that actually makes a lot of sense, and I think that's a lot easier for people to understand. Um, the, the AR-15 disconnector. Yes, the the crane-looking thing. The thing that looks <laughs> like a bird. The bird. <laughs> so that was the... Uh, I think the the first time that we we interacted in in that capacity where it was more than just a friendship it was also a a, a teaching relationship. I taught him about AR15s and and kind of the the function of things and he taught me about getting up in front of a room and presenting things uh to people in a manner that is easy for them to digest. Um and and that relationship dynamic continues to this day in in varying capacity. John teaches me things about guns I had no idea about. I think I still do the same for him and we both we both help each other grow with, you know, presentation skills or or whatever the the case may be. You know, a lot of it is, hey man, did you see this thing? Like check this out. Look at this stupid thing that somebody released. Look at this <laughs> awful holster. <laughs> Who you thought know, that, of that? <laughs> yeah. What moron came up with that? You know, we've We've been very fortunate. You know, a lot of times friends can kind of go at each other's throats. And I think Adam and I have had, we've given each other enough space to be, um, you know, be ourselves, but also respect each other enough to go, okay, you know what? I don't know. And in this case, he's going to be able to tell me what I need to know. And, and, you know, that mutual respect has done very, very well for us through, you know, when we worked at the gun shop, developing the class together. Like, I remember that. We sat down and we're like, okay, how are we going to do this? And to this day, you know, we're still able to sit down. Like, I'll give you an example. When when Adam writes a show, we'll literally sit here, right here, where I'm sitting right now. He'll sit here and we'll read the show out. 
and we'll go through it and we'll kind of go, okay, that works, this works, try this, try that. And it's just this, this cohesive bond that we have um, that is, is just working really well for us. And I, I love it. You know, I love working with Adam. It, it was a, for me, it was a no brainer to bring him on. And, you know, the fact that I was able to, to go, listen, not only am I going to give you a speaking spot, you know, a place for you to spread this knowledge, but I'm also going to pay you for it. And he kind of went, huh? You know, he was like, wait, wait, wait. I said, no, 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 seriously, I'm, I'm going to pay you. Like, I, I don't, I don't ever want my friends to be in a spot where if, if I'm making cash, they're not getting some. This TGC has never been just for me. It's never intended to be. I don't want it to be just for me. It's, it's the kind of all boats rise in the tide. You know, if I can bring my friends up and I can give people an opportunity to help me and help each other create something incredible that's bigger than all of us combined, then that's absolutely what we're going to do. Well, I think that's an interesting kind of segue into something that's, uh, I think it's something that I've been faced with, not like in an existential way, but, you know, I have a day job. You know, I do not in any way, shape, or form um, reap any reward from what I do on the podcast that would allow me to not only pay my bills, but keep my marriage and have my children <laughs> respect me in the morning. So, you know, what it comes down to is I've always kind of uh, been curious about the, the the people that you meet in the industry, the people that you meet in in this side of it. And you know, tell me, is is this something that is going to be a livelihood uh, in and of itself at some point? I mean, Adam, are you going to give up the practice to do this full time someday? Or <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Adam. Like answer that. This love. will be fun for all of us. Go ahead, yeah. Adam. <laughs> <laughs> My boss isn't listening. All right, so here's the deal. I currently work two two day jobs, depending upon the day of the week. I'm either at the law firm uh, practicing law, um, or I am at the gun shop arming the free world. Um, I enjoy both of those. I like selling guns to people. Everybody keeps asking me, why are you still at a gun shop? I like selling guns to people. I like helping people, especially first timers go down that road because as we were kind of talking about earlier, or John was anyway, like, I still know, I still remember what it's like to be on the other side of the counter. I, uh, I still go into gun shops where people don't know me and not that I expect people to, I don't think I'm some celebrity or somebody important, but enough people within the, the industry for manufacturers know me and enough people see me on TGC that some people have an idea of what I do, but I still go into gun shops where people have no idea who I am and what I do. And I get treated like garbage still sometimes. And I still know what it's like to be on the other side of the counter, especially as a new person. And we're seeing a whole influx of new shooters to the community. So I still know what that's like. And I know how scary it can be, how off putting it can be. And part of the thing that I really like about where I work is that the first time I walked into that place, I was treated like an equal to the person on the other side of the counter. And I can say that pretty much everybody behind the counter where I work treats everybody like that. And that's, that's what I like. So I still enjoy that. But to answer your question, I don't know. Um, Part of the other thing people say is we need you practicing law to continue to, uh, you know, fight off these (laughs) bad laws and bad decisions we get. Um, will I end up leaving the shop at some point? Yeah, I probably will. Um, but does it mean I, I will stick to media only? I, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's how I want to spend my life making a livelihood. It's, 
I enjoy what I do and I enjoy working with John and I don't think that that's ever going to stop. But as far as it becoming a full-time thing, I, I can't tell you where life's going to take me. I couldn't, I couldn't have told you six months ago, I'd be doing what I do today. So uh, I'm just kind of in it for the ride and wherever I go, I go. I spoke like a lawyer. Yeah. As long as I yeah, pay my so bills. So good. So good. <laughs> just, just smoke and mirrors, right, Adam? Oh, well, you know, if you want the lawyer <laughs> answer, it depends. Nice. Nice. <laughs> you know, um, I, uh, I, I would love for Adam to, I would love to be at a point where TGC can support, um, Adam as a content creator, as a bigger part of the team. Um, you know, like I, I it's just not there yet for me to, to pay, you know, a whole bunch of different people. Um, but that day is coming and, you know, assuming nothing crazy happens and, and I don't screw it up big time, um, TGC will continue to grow and, and, um, it will be, uh, a thing, you know, at least for me, you know, TGC is, is going to be a big deal in my life. And, um, you know, in, in regards to, uh, being a full-time media guy and full-time production company and cons- marketing consulting and all these various things that I do, um, I was kind of forced into, figuring things out and I have never been more terrified and more rewarded for the things that I've done. I have never in the last year and a half, I have never worked harder in my life. I've never lost more sleep. I've never traveled more. I've never done things like this before. And I can promise you that all of that is the reason that this is successful at all. I have any, the reason I have any success is because I went out there and I hustled my face off. Literally, I've had people go, you are everywhere. You're damn right I'm everywhere and I'm going to be everywhere because I want to be there and I want to be a part of the industry as much as I possibly can. And I want all of these people that are on my team to come with me and do the same things. I want Adam to, you know, love doing what he does enough to where he can afford to do it full time. You know what I mean? Like that, that would be incredible. You know, I, I would absolutely love that for him to be an even bigger part of the team. Um, but I know it's going to be for him. It's going to be a constant juggle of, you know, what makes him happy. Um, you know, Adam, Adam is a person that had to tell me to take a break. Um, it's funny because, you know, 10 years ago I was angry at the world. I, I worked at a communications company and I hated everything. I woke up pissed off every day, just angry at the world. And, um, I, I was lazy, like I didn't work hard. And then suddenly I, I came on and did my own business and I went, Oh man, no wonder this is where it's at for me. And, and he literally was, I was like, dude, you know, we're sitting on my front porch and I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm fried. I'm mentally just fried right now. And he goes, take a break, like go do something else, you know? And, and it's, I know that that's a core part of who Adam is. He, he understands that work life balance thing. And, uh, because of that, he, he wants to keep that in as a big part of his life. And I totally understand that, you know, everybody has to do their own thing and go on their own journey. Well, we are going to just press pause on this interview with the Gun Collective right now. Uh, we will pick this up in next week's show for a part two of Getting the Node, the Gun Collective. I'm JD, and any questions, comments, or feedback, ar15.podcast at gmail.com. That's ar15.podcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash AR15 podcast. 
Also, check out all the other shows on the Firearms Radio Network. Go to firearmsradio.tv to check those out. And also, make sure you check out the affiliate links for Brownells and also Amazon. Right now, we are kicking off the RTT Rifle Giveaway. You can sign up for that also at firearmsradio.tv and clicking on the AR-15 podcast link. We hope you enjoyed getting to know the Gun Collective. And next week, we'll be back with the second half of our interview with John and Adam. Have a good week. This has been a production of the Firearms Radio Network. You can find more information at firearmsradio.tv.